Welcome to the One in One Podcast, where a below-average podcaster chats with an above-average athlete. I'm your host, Bridget B. Today's guest has an incredible story that I'm so excited to discuss. Max Corton, who doctors once said would never be able to talk, defied all those odds, went on to attend Moravian College, where he ran track from 2013 to 2016. Honestly, we're going to talk about his impressive athletic career, but I think that's the least impressive thing about Max. While at Moravian, Max struggled as he tried to hide his disability and sexuality. It's an inspiring story. Max, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Bridget. Of course. And I mentioned that you had a disability. You were diagnosed with autism at a young age, right? Yes, I was. I was diagnosed when I was 18 months old. And it was during the 1990s when autism wasn't really well known. But at the time, my parents and my sister were informed that I would never be able to speak and I would be put in a mental institution for people with developmental disabilities. Wow. And now you said that was the 1990s. Now here we are mm-hmm. in, a, in 2019. Had you been born today, do you think doctors, doctors probably wouldn't have told your parents that they would have a much more optimistic outcome? <laughs> yeah, there's been so much research, research done on autism. And I think they would have just told my parents to just get occupational and speech therapy, which is what I got growing up in the K through 12 system and um, to get cognitive behavioral therapy, which is also what I got. But at that, but during the 1990s, it was not very well known. Yeah. And, and just so you know, as we chat, if I am using any terminology wrong when it comes to autism, please just let me know. Because if I do, I, I mean no offense. It's just an ignorance on my part. <laughs> and uh, I'm glad for the opportunity to learn more about it. And okay. as I mentioned it, as you said, the doctor said you'd never be able to talk. They were clearly wrong. So did doing that, <laughs> you're here talking to me on a podcast, but um, so oh, doing that cool. occupational and speech therapy, that's what helped you. Yeah, so I went, I started going to OT and speech therapy when I was four years old. And I did it until about seventh or eighth grade. And I just learned how, I mean, I obviously learned how to talk and I learned um, how to like tie my shoes and just like other other mechanisms that help such as like learning how to type and getting my hands stronger putty um and in speech i would just learn like how to like how to speak properly and just some like slang terminology that i wasn't aware of well so i imagine that wasn't the easiest childhood no no um Growing up, I was very awkward, and um, I used to actually, um, when I got used, when I used to get, I didn't have the best coping mechanisms, and I used to, when something went wrong, I used to break out in class and just melt down, Um, and I was just, 
I, w- I didn't really understand the jargon of how to like communicate with people. So because of that, I didn't really have many friends growing up. Um, yeah, so it was very difficult for me. Um, but through the help of just um, going to therapy and learning, even learning cognitive behavioral therapy, that really helped me a lot growing up. It wasn't until like, I would say like late, probably like high school that I really started to blossom a lot. Um, I was still seen as awkward from amongst my peers, but I started to really make friends because I obviously joined cross country and track and did a lot of other extracurricular activities such as choir and my high school offered a travel abroad program for two weeks, which I took advantage of. Oh, wow. Where'd you travel to? I went to France because I took French in high school. Oh, that's awesome. So I think just, I mean, running was a very integral part of my life, but just being involved in those extracurriculars, um, it made me like understand of how to like interact with people and like what to say and what not to say in certain situations. Nice. And where did you grow up? I grew up in Long Island, New York. Um, so if you don't know where Long Island is, um, it's right outside New York City, just east of it. Um, that's where the Hamptons are. And, um, (laughs) it is so ironic that I did a sport in college because I was not really athletic growing up. I was actually pretty nerdy. (laughs) I, I really wanted to be on Jeopardy when I was little. So I, I would have my nose in an encyclopedia and I was trying to like memorize these books and poems to get on Jeopardy. Um, that was a bit of a, that, that's where like my inner awkwardness came in as a child. <laughs> I don't um, think that's awkward though. A lot of people want to go on Jeopardy. It's a long running <laughs> TV show. It's still on today. Mm-hmm. But most kids that age don't really, you know, have their nose in an encyclopedia. They're usually playing outside and doing, playing video games, which is what I wasn't doing. Yeah. So I actually started off as a swimmer growing up. I, um, I had really liked the water and I had done swimming. But when I was in, going into seventh grade, I had switched districts. And the district that I moved to didn't have a swim team. So I decided to join cross country and track because I do not have any eye-hand coordination whatsoever. And when I first started, I was actually really bad. Um, Keep in mind, when I was in sixth grade, the year before I started in seventh grade, I actually failed the mile test. (laughs) (laughs) That's hard. I remember all those tests. Uh, yeah, the yeah. mile was hard. I personally was terrible at sit and reach. I don't know if you had to take that. I had no <laughs> flexibility. I was actually pretty decent at sit and reach. Nice. Um, I think I was. But anyhow, I think it's ironic that I joined cross country and track because I was bad at running to begin with and I failed the mile test. <laughs> yeah, so why but... did you join if you hadn't been good at it? I don't remember, but I think I just, I was new to the school and 
I think my parents had really convinced me like, oh, why don't you just join this board? I think you'll, why don't you try cross country and track because there's no swim team. And I think, you know, see how you, how you like it. And I don't know, I just, I wasn't good at it, but I kept up with it, even though, <laughs> even though I would drop out of races sometimes <laughs> when I first started cross country. Um, but so my first year of cross country and track in seventh grade wasn't really too stellar, but the summer when I was going into eighth grade, I had ran with my dad over the summer. Um, and that's when I started to get pretty, pretty good for middle school. And that's when I was starting to come in like the top 10 in races. Wow. I remember in, during one track race, I almost, I almost won the mile, no, the 1500, which is a little under a mile. So I realized that my training was paying off. That's awesome. And I think that's so cool that over the summer you took the time and really put in hard work to get better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned that your dad had helped you out. Was he a runner? Um, my dad, <laughs> my dad was actually a jock in high school. He played <laughs> football, basketball and baseball, but he, when he got older, he did run some marathons. And because I was running in middle school, he said, he, he said to me, I'll run with you. And then as I got better, I was out pacing him. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So it was nice that he was able to, um, you know, you know, jog a lot, jog and run alongside me when I was starting my running trajectory. Yeah, that's really nice. Do you guys still run together today? Um, I'm too fast for my dad. <laughs> my, dad my dad actually had a. Um, this was probably like six years ago. I don't like six years ago. He had he had a hip replacement, Ooh. so he really can't run anymore. Um, he just goes on the bike and reads his book. <laughs> oh, nice. So here's a question for you: Had that school district had a swim team, do you think you ever would have ran track and cross country, or do you think you would have just stuck to swimming? Ooh, that's a tough question. I, I don't know. Weird of how life would have obviously been very different. Yeah. Um, I think I would have stuck to swimming um, because at that time, I think it just would have been like an easier transition. But life went in a different direction. And here I am today. It's funny when you look back at, at things like that and how one thing changes and your whole life changes. Exactly. <laughs> the butterfly effect. <laughs> I know, literally. <laughs> Great movie. <laughs> mm -hmm. So with, with cross country, is it, how, are there different events that you can do or does everyone run the same race? Yeah, so everyone runs the same race. For high school, it, um, usually it's, Usually we start off running the 4K, which is 2.5 miles, and then we transition up to the 5K. So everyone runs the same race, boys and girls. Um, sometimes there'll be a JV team and a varsity team. 
Um, like when I was in ninth grade, I was on the JV team and then I trained over the summer a lot and then I got moved up to varsity. Nice. Um, in, yeah. And in college, um, girls either do the 5K or 6K depending on the conference that they're in and guys do the 8K or, yeah, guys do the 8K. And then if you run Division One or and two, you do the 10K at, at regionals and nationals. Wow. How many mm-hmm. miles is the 8K? It's almost five. Oh, wow. That's, that's too much for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, 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 yeah it, it took a while for me to get used to it. Um, but um, it wasn't too bad. I remember my freshman year, it was an adjustment to go from the 5K, which is a little over three miles, to the 8K. But um, it, was, it wasn't bad over time. Like, once you, pat, once you get, like, to the 20-minute mark, um, you're like, okay, I'm almost done. Like, I, I've got this. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And then for track, what events did you run in that, in that sport? Um, for track, I did long distance. So I did primarily the 5K, the 10K, um, occasionally the 1500, and once in a while I might do, I did a relay event, so like the 4 by 800. But my main events were the 5K, the 10K, and for indoor, um, the 3,000 meters, which is just under two miles. Wow. See, I didn't even know. So cross country has a 5K and track does too. Well, for college. Oh, okay. Uh, so in so high school. High- oh, yeah. So we'll, I guess we'll start with high school. So your events for track. <laughs> yeah, sorry. We'll back it up a little bit. Um, yeah, your events in high school then for track. What were they? So in high school, I did the five, four and 5K for cross country. And then for track, I did, um, my main event was the mile. Sometimes I did the two mile. And then I did the four by 800, which is a relay event. Okay. So you did no short distances, just long distances. Um, well, I did the, <laughs> in 10th grade, I did the 55 meter dash and I came in dead last. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that was my one, um, one quick sprint medley, but no, I mainly did, um, long distance events in high school. Um, and occasionally I might've done like an open 800 or an open 1000 meter race. Okay. Any, uh, any of the events that don't involve running like the javelin? Nope. Um, I didn't do any field events. Um, I did in middle school because we were required to do one field event and I did the long, I did the long jump, but I was pretty terrible at it. So (laughs) I just, I just focused on the running event. When you get into high school and college, it's pretty rare for people to do running events and field events unless that they're like a decathlete or... I don't know. They're just a, a prodigy and they can do a field event while doing running events <laughs> as well. 
Yeah, I guess that makes sense. If you're if you're good enough to play at a varsity level or at a collegiate level, you're probably focusing on the thing you're good at, whether that be running and long distance or short distance or throwing, jumping, among the other things that are needed in field. Exactly. So in high school, were you a year-round athlete then? That would mean cross-country in the fall, winter track in the winter, obviously, duh, and uh, track mm-hmm. in the spring? I was. Wow. Um, yeah, I didn't do indoor track my freshman year, but after my freshman year, I did all three seasons. Did your legs um, ever get tired from running so much? Um... Sometimes, <laughs> but I was really, I was really dedicated in high school, like, because when I was at the end of my sophomore year, I knew that I wanted to run in college, so I knew I had that vision ahead of me, and I also just really enjoyed it, so it didn't, it just, I mean, like, sometimes I was tired, but it really didn't save me too much. And it, it overall, it sounds like you had a good high school experience. You mentioned before, obviously, you're into sports and you also did clubs. Mm-hmm. Did you have a good experience? Um, I did. Um, I, as I previously mentioned, I really started to blossom a lot in high mm-hmm. school. Um, not only athletically but academically and socially like I did really well um in my running career I had made all division in my junior and senior year it's awesome uh, yeah and I was in choir um and I did um I did men's ensemble along with um I had traveled um abroad um, for two years in a row. So I had a fairly good high school experience. Um, and I started to really make a lot of friends on my track team, um, during those years. That's great to hear. And I just Mm -hmm. want to take a step back. So you were in choir, so you're a singer. Um, I don't really sing as much as I do today, but I did choir in high school and actually graduate school. Wow. Um, yeah, it was just something that I, I really love music. Um, I also play the piano. I'm not Zachary, but <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just like a little side hobby that I like to have, like outside of just, um, just like outside of sports. Wow, that's very impressive. Mm-hmm. So if you're at a karaoke bar, what is your go-to song that you're going to sing? Oh, God. <laughs> I, was just, I was just at a karaoke event with my friend two weeks ago. Um, oh, that's a hard one. Oh. Um, I'm putting you on the spot, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um... I would have to get back to you on that. <laughs> okay. All right. We, we've, we've got a ways to go. So uh, <laughs> if you remember, definitely let me know. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I really appreciate people with musical talent. It's something that I don't have that I wish I, I did. That would be awesome. But I really appreciate it. Like going to Broadway and seeing all those amazing singers. Oh, I just yeah. love it. <laughs> well, you still have 
Well, you can learn. That's true. I could go for vo voice lessons. It's not too late. Yeah, you know, you can learn at any age. Um, I didn't start. I didn't take choir. I didn't start doing choir until I was fourteen. So it's, you know, it's never too late to start anything. Okay, there's still hope for me. <laughs> <laughs> So, being from Long Island, did you go to a lot of Broadway shows in the city? Yes, I did. That's awesome. Um, I went to a decent amount. Um, my junior year, I actually interned at a college because um, um, I had interned at a college and I got the two Broadway shows for free because they were taking students with them over the summer to see these Broadway shows. Nice. I saw Waitress a few years ago with uh, when Sarah Bareilles was in it. That was amazing. My favorite probably has to be Mean Girls. Oh yeah, I've I've seen that too. That's a good one too. I love. I think it's better than the movie. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah the the <laughs> actors in the movie didn't have that musical talent. Yeah, I still listen to some of the music, the music soundtrack. For Mean Girls. <laughs> it's good. It's a good soundtrack. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so anyway, back to uh, back to your high school career. Did the students know that you were autistic? Um, some of my my close friends did. Um, I don't know if they knew that I was autistic, but I they definitely knew that I was a little off. They so. I think everyone who has like a like a mental disability such as autism or ADHD kind of gets labeled as like quote unquote that kid and mm. for me that's how I saw myself like I mean even in, even though in high school I blossomed a lot I think some of my peers knew me from the past as being you know a little weird and socially awkward um uh, and and so they didn't know I was autistic but they just knew that I was like I was different from my peers that really never left you in high school no it didn't um actually in high school I used I was kind of like embarrassed about my autism because I felt like it like resembled me so much and I actually remember when I was graduating from high school, I didn't want to tell people about my autism when I got to Meridian because I thought that people would have like these, you know, these um, stereotypical norms about me right away. Yeah. And, and college is a time where you can start fresh. No yeah. one knew you. Exactly. So that actually changed a lot when I got to college. Um, when I got to Moravian, I felt like I was um, overcompensating for my autism and I was just acting like someone that I wasn't. And because of that, I was hanging out with the wrong group of people. I wasn't really being myself. Um, some of my running times weren't going well because I wasn't being my true authentic self. And also, at the same time, well, when I got to my sophomore year, I was meeting people who were, who had gone through 
you know, issues that were, that weren't noticeable on the surface when I first met them. Mm-hmm. And that made me feel more comfortable disclosing my autism because of the insecurities that some of my friends and some of my fraternity brothers had gone through. Yeah, that's nice. The more you get to know people, the more comfortable you feel sharing your story because everyone is different and everyone has gone through things and I'm not trying to minimize what you have gone through, but, um, mm-hmm. but do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, no, I, I totally understand. So, you know, you're at Moravia now and, um, again, I'm just going to take a, a quick step back. What were you recruited to run track in college? Um, I was recruited by several schools, um, mainly like small division three schools. I wasn't, I wasn't nearly fast enough to run division one or, or I could have ran division two, but certainly not division one, but I mostly got recruited from small liberal art, small liberal art division three schools. And that's still very uh, impressive. Any any division you run, any, being a collegian, collegian <laughs> athlete in general is very impressive to me. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Of course. Um, uh, Moravian did not recruit me because at the time um, there was like a shift in the, the previous coach had not done a, I think, this is what I remember, but the previous coach did not do a good job with recruiting and he had been asked to leave Moravian. Um, that's from what I remember, I think. So he didn't really recruit much. So I had just asked the coach if I, I just had given him my time and I really wanted to go to Moravian. And he, he seemed really interested in me. So I, I guess I was technically like a walk-on, but given the situation, I don't think it really matters. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. And what was it that drew you to Moravian? Um, I Well, it wasn't far from home. It was only two to two and a half hours. Um, it's in a gorgeous town. Um, it's in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Yeah, that is a nice and it's town. A very, yeah. It's a very um, historic city, and it's known as the Christmas City of America, (laughs) I think. That's pretty Um, timely. Yeah, so right after Halloween, the town gets all decked out for Christmas, and it's um, very festive. And it was just a, it was a really beautiful campus. Everyone was so sweet um, when I visited. The track team was very, very good, and is very good um we only have 2,000 students and we're ranked pretty high amongst division three for track and field for in division three so that was a that really drew my attention um and also I wanted to go somewhere (laughs) I wanted to go somewhere where not a lot of people from Long Island went like, I just wanted to kind of, like, start over and be my own person and no one to know me because of my autism, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it definitely does. So you, you mentioned wanting a fresh start and uh, wanting to hide your autism and how it was affecting your track times and cross-country times, which, which by the way, you were a two-sport athlete at college. That's pretty awesome. 
<laughs> Thank you. And you mentioned as you got to know more people, you felt more comfortable coming out as autistic. So mm-hmm. when in your college experience did that happen that you finally told people? Um, my sophomore year. Yeah, my sophomore year was when I finally felt more vulnerable to express who I really was. Well, to express that I was autistic and, you know, this is how I, like, operate. And people really didn't seem to care. They just liked me as a person and what my interests were. And it just made me feel, like, validated for who I was as a person. That's awesome. And they should because... (laughs) <laughs> they had known you, they had liked you. So what does that really change? Exactly. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, we we've mentioned your autism. Another thing another thing about you is you're a gay man. So when did you realize that you were gay? So because I was autistic, that made things a little bit complicated. So um when you're autistic, it's very difficult to understand social norms. Um, so I, I knew that I was attracted to men probably in like middle school, but I couldn't conceptualize it. And I didn't really know what that meant because I didn't really understand social norms. Okay. So it was a very baffling time when I was in middle school. And then when I was a junior in high school, I was watching the show Glee. Um, I really love that show. And one of the characters, Kurt, is struggling with his identity, being gay. And that's when I kind of realized that I was gay and that I knew that it was not socially acceptable because of watching that show. Um... And so I, yeah, so that's when I realized I was gay. I had actually came out when I was 17 because, um, and I'm still in high school at this point. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I had came out to my friend and then when I got to Moravia, um, that's when I started to have like more free time to myself because, you know, I was only that's how it typically works in college. Um, and that's when I began to realize, I began to reflect like who I was. And so I actually, so my parents are divorced actually. So I, um, when I came out in high school, my dad didn't know. And so I told my dad my freshman year and he was like, I'm not really too surprised. Um, (laughs) And, and so I asked him to tell, I asked if he could tell my mom. And then when he told her, she was, um, she was very accepting. Um, and she said, it, it doesn't really matter, but, um, and something that they both said, which I think is interesting is that because what they both said is you know, you just have to be careful with how you present yourself because the world can be kind of unkind. Yeah. No, they're, mm-hmm. they're 100% right, which is sad. But, yeah, the world we live in is still, while it's getting better, it's still <laughs> not all there yet. 
I mean, we have a vice mm-hmm. president that believes in conversion therapy, so we're definitely not there uh, yet. Uh, <laughs> I know. But, okay, so you told your parents fresh, or, you know, your parents know by the time you're a freshman at Moravian. But mm-hmm. as, as far as I understand, you also hid your sexuality from other students and other teammates, right? Um, <laughs> at first, um, but my, like, <laughs> when I came out, like, they were supportive, but they, like, they, like, knew. They were, like, we, we knew Matt. Like, it was pretty obvious. <laughs> you, they were, like, you weren't really that good at hiding it. <laughs> <laughs> but that must have been nice for you to know that they had an idea and that didn't change their opinion of you. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And now, did you come out as gay first or autistic first or around the same time? Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, I came out as gay first because I still wasn't comfortable about my autism yet. And then okay. I came out and then I told people about my autism my sophomore year. Okay. All right. So it was, you told them you're gay freshman year and uh, autistic sophomore year. Correct. Okay. Good for you, though. That's, you know, that's still, you're still young. You're, what, 19 or 20? And, you know, you're mm-hmm. getting comfortable with yourself. And I think that's awesome. Thank you. So, Max, you're a gay college athlete at this point. Did you have any mm-hmm. trouble in the locker room? Was it ever a big deal to any teammates? Like, oh, I don't want you to change near me, or I don't want to change in front of you. Um, no, not really. I mean, yeah, no. I mean, I would just, if anybody, we, ha- we have this, like, rule in the locker room that if anyone was, like, putting their sh- running shorts on, it was just, like, it was just to turn your head. And that was just kind of, like, the rule. Um, and I was just, like, yeah. And that applied to all of us. Okay, yeah, that wasn't, you, you weren't singled out or anything. No. Oh, okay, good. Uh, I did, unfortunately, have a teammate that, um, did not like me, um, and he actually was saying really mean things behind, about my sexuality behind my back, and he was really mean to my friends and my fraternity brothers, and he made, he made a couple, he made one really bad remark, and I almost, I actually had to go to my coach to report it, because it was really, it, it was, it was just like, it was just, like, extremely inappropriate. Yeah. Oh, God, I'm so sorry you went through that. It's okay. I mean, I never have to encounter him again. And did you, um, was he yet, your teammate all four years? Um, two and a half. Okay. And what did your coach do about it? He just, like, talked to him and said, and said like, you can't just treat him like this and not being, like, appropriate and just needing to be, like, appropriate to, like, other people on the team. I think my coach could have done, like, maybe a little bit better of a job handling the situation because the remarks still happened behind my back. But I thankfully, like, have thick skin because there were a lot of people that really liked me for who I was and I only had one person that didn't. 
Yeah, I mean, overall, that's good, but I'm still, that's so sad to hear that a, a person was a jerk to, do, to you like that. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was unfortunate. Um, my mom actually one time snapped at him at a meeting because he was being, <laughs> I like your mom. Real- <laughs> I think I would and do the same just, thing if I were her. And then he finally just like, he finally just like stepped away (laughs) okay good (laughs) and um you know the reason i brought up the locker room question is because there's always that dumb locker room debate where some people think yeah yeah, some people think athletes shouldn't be in a locker a gay athlete shouldn't be in a locker room because it would make the straight athletes uncomfortable it could cause a distraction or affect the team and i personally think this is nonsense and Anyone who yeah. does feel that way is homophobic, but it's also mm-hmm. it's also been disproven. I, I can think of two great examples. Derek Gordon mm-hmm. became the first Division One out gay men's basketball player, where he when he went to Seton Hall, they won the Big East tournament and played in the NCAA tournament. So obviously, him being gay didn't affect Seton Hall's success. Hmm. And then on the girls' side, you have the U.S. women's national team who have won back-to-back World Cups. They're the best soccer team in the world, and they have several openly gay athletes on the team. Yeah, yeah, I, I just, yeah, I just, you know, I don't think it really makes a big difference. I think we're just all, whether it's track, basketball, or soccer, I think we're just here to play regardless of your or- sexual orientation, your religion, your gender or ethnicity. I couldn't agree more. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't, yeah, my teammates really didn't have a problem. It was just, you know, that rule that was applied, like when, whenever you were taking your shorts off, like you just had to turn around. Mm. Um, and that just applied to everyone. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you, you had mentioned a couple of minutes ago when you were struggling with coming out as who you were at Moravian, your running had been affected. But once you came out as Max, as your true self, your run, did your running times improve? Oh, yeah. My sophomore year was my best season, actually. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. And I think that makes total sense because when you're happier, when you're more comfortable in your skin, it truly helps people thrive. So when you were holding yourself back, it was holding your running back, even even though it wouldn't seem the two were connected. I, I believe they are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, there were times where, like, I really want, I think there was one time it was actually close to conferences of my freshman year where I, like, really wanted to come out so badly, but I was afraid it would mess up my conference time, and I just remember, like, wanting to come out so badly, but I was just so scared to. Yeah, I mean, it is scary, and um, I'm, I'm glad you had a good experience coming out, though. Mm-hmm. And, um... I was I there was confusion about uh, running in college and high school on my part uh, <laughs> earlier in the episode. So we talked about the events you did in high school. So now let's get into college. Tell me cross country and track. What were your events? Um, cross country, I would start off with the 50K. 
which is um, a little over three and a half miles. Um, and then we would transition into the 8K, which is almost eight, not almost eight miles, almost five miles. Um, and for track, I did um, the 1,500 meters, which is just under a mile, the 3,000 meters, which is just under two miles, the 5K, and the 10K. Wow. Mm-hmm. And the 10K, are you literally just running around the track all those miles? Oh, oh, oh my God, Bridget, it's so boring. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds it's boring. Funny. I guess at least yeah. in cross country, you're like going through fields and all that. Yeah, yeah. Cross country is a little more exciting, but track is. So I only did it twice. I only did it. So indoor track, the 10K does not exist because um, in indoor track, it's a 200 meter track. So it would be incredibly long if it was yeah. a 10K. It'd be 50 <laughs> laps. Wow. So it's only. It's only an outdoor track. So okay. I would only do the I only did the 10K um like twice um twice for track. So it wasn't so bad, but when I did it, it was just it was just long and boring and sometimes I lost count of my laps. <laughs> <laughs> and is that on you? Do you have to remember how many laps you do? Um, there are a few officials and like my coach would be count, would help count for me. Um, and sometimes like I would know like my split, so I would know like approximately where I would be at. Okay. Mm -hmm. Huh. That's really interesting. Mm -hmm. And Moravian College is in the landmark conference. Who are your biggest Correct. rivals in that conference? Elizabethtown College, which is a small liberal arts school, I think right, uh, I think it's right outside of Lancaster. I'm not 100% sure. Okay, I've heard of that school. Elizabethtown College and Susquehanna University, which is um, near Bucknell. Okay. Those were, um, those were our two biggest rivals. Um, especially for distance, because Elizabethtown has a very good distance team. Um, their cross-country team always goes to, most of the time, always goes to nationals because they just have, um, they just have a lot of really good guys and girls who are super fast. Nice. And what are some of the highlights of your track career when you look back at Moravian? What are some highlights there? Um... My senior year of cross country, my very last race, which is at regional. So my junior and senior year up to that point, I had been running like okay, but I wasn't really PRing that much. I think I had just like, I don't know. I think I had just reached, um, I just like wasn't, I, like I was running okay, but not like phenomenal. And then my very last race, I actually PR'd on the course by 47 seconds and came in second on the team. And I was nice. so, I was so happy that I actually burst into tears when I crossed the finish line. Aw, that's awesome. <laughs> and that was your last race? That was my last cross country race. Wow. Way to end on a good note, huh? <laughs> I know. I was, I was just, 
I, I think I said like at the end of the race, I feel like I won the best, the world's best cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and are any, so, any other highlights? What about in track? Um, for track, well, for track, we are, we, Meridian was always really good at track. Um, so just winning conferences for track was always, um, like a big highlight, um, almost every season for one season, we won conferences. So that was fairly exciting. Nice. Um, trying to think for, for tr- what other things for track. I can't remember. I just, I just know, I, I probably just winning conferences. Um, I mean, back in middle school, when I almost won that 1500 meters, that was pretty <laughs> exciting. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that was the that was the first exciting race. And uh, then you yeah, go yeah. on collegiately. And uh, yeah, I bet at that time in middle school, you probably didn't realize how far your career was going to go. Yeah. Um, oh, I just remembered for track. When I was a junior in high school, I was trying to break five minutes in the mile and I was coming, I was always really close. Like I was running like 502, 503, 504. And I was so close to breaking five minutes. And one day I was, it was that it was an invitation at my home course um, in high school. And um, the last lap, I was like really cutting it close and I ran 459 and I was, so happy. Wow. That's incredible. I, uh, running a, a mile in under five minutes. I'm sorry. That's just really <laughs> impressive to me. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's okay. I mean, for height, I know when I was in high school, a lot of guys ran like four minutes and 30 seconds. Um, I mean, I wasn't that quite fast, but I was really happy to break five minutes. And my dad actually made me a necklace um, saying the date of when I broke five minutes. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. And, um, I would wear it sometimes in my races in college. Oh, nice. like a good luck charm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. I bet you still have that today, too. No, it actually broke. Oh, no! Was, <laughs> um... I think I might, I could always get like a new one, but I do remember the date when I broke five minutes (laughs) and where it happened. (laughs) (laughs) No, that, that's nice. And it's the memory you have. That's the most important thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One thing about Emacs I think is really cool is that over the years you've chosen to write articles, um, for Outsports and for the Moravian website detailing Mm -hmm. your coming out process and i just Mm -hmm. i think i always think that's really awesome when people come out so publicly so what was it that made you want to make your story public um well because i'm on the autism spectrum and gay i think my situation is pretty unique and i have a i think i just wanted to showcase like my bringing up my story growing up and like how, you know, running really made an impact um, based on my um, 
based on my identity. Yeah, I'm I'm sure there are other people out there that are just like you. And if they have come across the story or, you know, will come across your story eventually, I, I'm sure you're going to help people out. And I think your story is very inspiring. Oh, thank you so much, Bridget. Oh, of course. Do you have aspirations to tell your story as you go, as you move on in life? You're Obviously, you're on the podcast now, but um, do you have any interest in public speaking? Because I don't know. I think your platform is so unique. I, I just think your story is so great. I, I don't know. I'm um, just a fan, Max. I. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, so I actually got accepted to do a TED Talk. Oh, my God. That's amazing. <laughs> um, I'm doing a TED Talk in January at the university that I work at, and I'm talking about my autism. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. I think that's so great. Thank you. I'm so excited. I've wanted to be on TED Talk for four to five years. And when I got the notification that I got accepted, I <laughs> I was driving and I think I almost got into an accident. Oh gosh. So <laughs> Are they gonna record it? I'd love to I'd love to be able to see it or listen to it yeah. at some point. Yeah, they're recording it. So oh, nice. I will definitely know you know about that yes you have to send me the link mm-hmm. yes so you know in in college you're obviously a, an athlete but um not only were you a member of the tracking cross country team but you were also a fraternity member so what frat were you in i was in delta Tau delta i think it's the best fraternity ever but i'm being biased <laughs> yeah, you might be a little biased but i'll take your word for it <laughs> um I, again, like, I never pictured myself being in Greek life in high school because I was just so, you know, I was just really, you know, I, I was just a little bit awkward in high school, but, you know, I really loved Greek life um, in college. Um, the fraternity that I was in was not like the ter- stereotypical fraternity that you see in movies. Um, we were all about, like, getting good grades doing community service and just being like kind to one another. Um, and I just, I, and we were also very, um, we were also pretty diverse and there were also other gay members in my fraternity, which made me feel inclusive. So I had a really, I had a really great experience um, in Greek life at Moravian. Oh, that's so nice to hear. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's awesome. Like fraternities, they they're unfortunately stereotyped sometimes as you know guys out of control binge drinking and unfortunately that that does happen there have been some tragic news stories recently yeah but but as you said but fraternities can do great for community service and they're an excellent Mm -hmm. way to meet people in college and, and make lifelong friends i'm sure you're still friends with some of them today i am yeah so i just you know I had a really great experience and I'm just glad that I was in a fraternity that went against that stereotype and, you know, just made me, it it made me feel like more, I I had a, excuse me, I just had a, I had found my, um, my group of guys um, and I was really happy to be, I was really happy to, um, 
um, have that like sense of belonging. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's awesome. Mm -hmm. So Max, you graduated what about three years ago? I graduated in 2016, and then I went to get I went straight to graduate school. Um, I went to Merrimack College, which is right outside of Boston, and I oh, got my cool. master's in higher education. Oh, good for you. And Max, do you have any aspirations to run a marathon after all of that long distance running? No. No? Unfortunately. No. I, Bridget, I, <laughs> I, yeah, I've gone through some wear and tear in like my, in my like IT band and my feet. I'm actually mm. seeing a chiropractor for my, you know, I, for my back because of running oh, because wow. I typically, yeah, because I typically have bad posture when I run mm. and he suggested getting new shoes. So I think I'm just going to stick to like shorter distances so I don't like ruin my body any further. <laughs> that sounds like a good idea. You're still young. <laughs> you, <laughs> you have a full life ahead of you. Because <laughs> 10 years of competitive running did a lot on me. So. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> uh, Max, I've had such a great time talking to you, and uh, we, we, you know, we've discussed some heavy topics, and I love to end the conversation with some fun questions. So, how would you like that? Absolutely. All right. So, first question: Who is your favorite athlete, whether it be track, cross country, or any other sport? Um. I would have to say, I mean, I'm a little biased, but Shalane Flanagan. Who is that? Um, I, so she, um, she retired, she just recently retired, but she is, she was a professional athlete, professional runner, okay. and she won the New York City Marathon in 2017, I think. Oh. She was the first woman in like 25 first american woman in like 20 years to win the new york city marathon oh that's amazing i'm gonna have to look her up yeah. i had no idea yeah and she's just truly inspiring and truly humbling and she wrote some good cook and she has some good cookbooks actually <laughs> <laughs> i'm into that <laughs> So I would definitely recommend it. Yeah, no, I'm definitely going to look her up. Actually, one of my friends um, has run, uh, she ran in the Philly Marathon a couple years ago, and she's running it again this upcoming weekend. So I'm uh, going down to support her. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually going to try to get her on the podcast, too, to talk about her, um, you know, how she trains for it. So I'm hoping, hoping to do that in December or maybe after the holidays. Mm-hmm. But she wasn't a collegiate runner like you, Max. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Do you have a favorite vacation spot? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, hmm. I guess my favorite vacation spot, I'm, I'm more of a city person and... I really loved Boston when I was in grad school. So if I were to go on vacation again, it would probably be to go back to Boston. Yeah, Boston's a beautiful city. Because I just, I loved it. Um, 
I haven't been there yet, but I would really love to go to Montreal. Okay, I've heard good things. I haven't been there either. I'd really like to go to Montreal, even though it, I like haven't been there, haven't been there. But though there are like a few places, like I guess that would be ideal vacation spots. Yeah, and very doable too. You're not saying like exactly. the Maldives or anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Max, last question. And it's on brand when you're talking about Bethlehem. The holidays are coming up. What is your favorite holiday movie? Um, <laughs> oh, probably, probably Meet the Fockers. Is that a <laughs> holiday movie, though? Wait. Um, wait. Is it? No, wait, what's that? Um, what's that? No, 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 no. Oh, wait, it just came to me. Um, Mean Girls. No, no, not me. Bad Moms 2. <laughs> oh, is that, a, that's the holiday one, right? I haven't seen Bad Moms yes, or the second I, one. Okay. Um, it, it's so funny. Like, that, that movie's like my guilty pleasure movie. <laughs> All right, I'll have to check it out. It's very funny. Is the second one better than the first? Um, they're just very different, okay. but they're, they're, it's, it's just like, so funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll check it out. And actually, I do have one more question. Did you ever think of that go-to karaoke song? Um, <laughs> <laughs> probably, I would have to say Uptown Funk. <laughs> okay. All right. If I had any sort of good voice, I would say Total Eclipse of the Heart. That's my song. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Max, I, like I said before, I really enjoyed our conversation. It was honestly an honor getting to talk to you. I, like I, I've said a million times, I think your story is so inspiring. Thank you so much, Bridget. Of course. And uh, where can the listeners follow you? Uh, do you have Instagram, Twitter, anything you're willing to give out? I do. I'm on the brand. <laughs> uh, so it's Mr. Underscore M M A C K S K O R T one zero. Mr. Mr. Underscore Max Corden, but it's the Max all right max it was a pleasure and uh, i'll talk to you soon okay all right thanks bridget all right everyone that was my discussion with max corton what an impressive guy i hope you enjoyed the episode as much as i did i'll be back next week to talk with another outstanding athlete